And we've talked about this already. It's, it's, it's a subject that's already on my heart. I, you know, we shared last week that, that we have to be ready because Jesus is coming. That, you know, we, our, our next breath could be very near or our last breath could be very near. Uh, and Jesus... Second coming can be very near, and we just need to be ready no matter what. It should be something that we never even have an op- give the, the Satan an opportunity to take us anywhere outside of readiness. Right. Amen? Yes. And so I was kind of meditating on this because I, I want to I be anticipating Jesus. And you know... <laughs> And this, this requires some revelation. It requires some, man, God, help me to see it in a way that I can relate to. Because so many of the pictures we have of Jesus are just, you know, he's in sandals and, you know, like a long dress and stuff. And, you know, it's like, wow, this is going to be kind of uncomfortable when I actually see this guy. Because, you, know? <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it's a culture. It's going to be a culture shock. But it's not because he, he, he's real for us right now. And, and he doesn't come down to our level. He takes us up to his level. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Uh, but that's what he wants us to. He wants us to experience him in such a way that it's real for us. That when he does appear, it's not going to be like that. It's not going to be culture shock. <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to be, yeah, I already know you. It's so good to see your face. It's like we were on this plane that my wife was telling you about, and this guy got on the front, and he thought he was so funny. You know, we're, we're stuck in Dallas, and he said, hello, this is your conscience. You know, you know how the Southwest people, they think they're funny, you know. <laughs> Not like the American. <laughs> Richard works for American Airlines. <laughs> but, but, so, so anyway, the, the guy finally gets, comes down the aisle and gets to my seat, and I said, you're my conscience. I wondered what you look like. <laughs> See, but it, it, it needs to be like we already know him. It's just we get to now see him face to face. Amen. So <laughs> what we have in this relationship, what we've already experienced and in, in, in participated in today is something that I want to touch on because this is something that, that kind of came to me as a revelation. I'm, I'm sorry, but this, this you, you might see what I'm sharing today and say, uh, I've been knowing that for a long time. <laughs> but this is kind of fresh and, and, and real to me in, in such a way that I, I, I'm seeing the power of it. Uh, isn't it amazing how God is that way? It's like you get, you get a revelation of him and it's like, wow, where's that been all my life? You know, how I even made it this far without that revelation, you know? It's like <laughs> and so that's kind of how this was to me because... We, we have perspectives of love, and we sang about this. You know, we sang the love of God, and this is what I want to call this today. I want to call it the love of God, but we're going to look at it in a way that I think will help us to understand that it's kind of like God's greatness. It doesn't change. But how we see it has everything to do with how it's going to be applied in our life. That's where the difference lies. The difference never lies in God's position. The difference always lies in our position. How we see it. Amen? And so I, man, I'm saying, God, what is the deal with this? Because so many people are not going to be ready. 
And, and what the enemy wants to do is, is to put us in a position where we feel like we can't be because of something we've done, something that's overwhelming for us. And while God's love never changes towards us, our love for him does. And that's where the challenge lies, okay? So when we're looking at this word, love of God, I want to get into it a little bit and just see how critical it is for us to have a perspective. Sometimes we want to put everything off on God. And there's an attitude about this that whatever is happening, God is doing. He's a sovereign God, so everything that's happening in my life is because God is doing it. And that's not the truth. He's so sovereign that he's put things in motion that you have an opportunity to go to something, but you don't have to. And that's a big part of his love for us, is to not be a slave master over us. And we talked about that last week. We said, Jesus is coming, but he's not going to come for somebody that doesn't want to go. He's not going to say, hey, you have to come with me because I love you. And, 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 they don't, and they say, but I don't love you. And it's like, what's he going to do? But this reality is, is something that's very big because the love of God is the power of God. It's, it's, it's the supernatural power of God that, that actually would cause Jesus to be brought up out of the grave. It's the love of God. So when we say that, and when I just said that, we put this perspective on it that it's his love. Okay? And I want to just kind of go there a little bit today and we can see what we can get from this. But look, first of all, let's look at the necessity of love, though. And let's go to First um, Corinthians 13. We're familiar with this, aren't we? It's like, man, when you got married, you had to read this. Man, you're supposed to read this like every day. Like, you know, it's supposed to be. <laughs> Actually, there's, there's great liberation in it, and, uh, right? But there, you get to the 13th verse here, and, and, it, and it, it gives you. What we have in God is not just religion. It's not just doing stuff. It's not just knowing scriptures. It's having a heart that is wrapped up in God's love so much that it demonstrates that same love. But it's not until it's demonstrating that love that the power of that love is activated in our life. But I want us to see how important our loving is, okay? And so you get to the end of that, that chapter and it says, and now abide. And here's part of the critical thing with this is, is abiding. It's not just a visit. It's not just something that, that uh, hey, I think I'm going to go hang out for a while. No, it's abide. That means you live. So faith abides, hope abides, and love abides. It's these, these three things. So when we look at this, let's, let's look at what, what faith is. Faith is a belief, isn't it? Faith is the power. Faith is the ability to overcome, right? Faith is, Jesus said, if you can only believe, all things are possible to those that can believe. If you have the faith of a grain of mustard seed, you can say to a mountain, 
being removed and be cast in. So faith is so powerful. It's so necessary, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it kind of hit me. We were reading out of 2 Corinthians uh, this, this last week. And, and Paul talks about it. He says, you know what? It's, it's not faith just in scriptures, though. It's faith in him. It's belief in him. And that's partly where this, this, this love thing is going to make a difference here. Because it says, faith is abiding. That's a powerful thing. If we're going to be successful, if we're going to experience the life that Jesus came to give us, we have to have faith, right? And this separates us from all the other faiths in the world. Isn't it interesting how they call these faiths? Why? Because what a faith does is it'll align your actions with what you believe. And if it's just in a bunch of things that you do, all it is is religion that doesn't really produce anything. And Paul said, what we have now is different than the old law because what we have is a belief in somebody that's changed who we are. Doesn't, he doesn't say, now you have to do something. He says, I've changed who you are. Now you act different because of what you believe. Anyway, so you have to have faith. And then hope, what does hope do? That motivates you to do what faith requires. Okay? It sets something up in the future and says, if you're going to get there, you're going to have to take the motions of faith. But if you don't have hope, you won't even take the motions of faith. Okay? So it requires both. And we'll, get, we'll have a nice definition for this. And then love. But it says, and we can say love. Yeah, that's that, that ooey gooey feeling that I, I get for my wife when she's acting right. You know, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm trying to make it like this isn't right. Yeah, that, that's not love, right? <laughs> it says, these three abide, but the greatest is love. Anything. So, so you're saying if I can just learn how to just, just love everybody, and this is where we're going to look here today because it's not just loving everybody. It's, just, it's not just trying to, to feel like there's something that we're supposed to do or we're supposed to feel. What we have in our relationship with God is love. And until our heart gets wrapped around the one who has loved us so much, we can't have faith and we can't have hope because they're both dependent upon love. That's why love is more greater. Is because it, until you have love and the love of God, you can't really have faith. You can't really have hope. Because they are bound in a relationship that love requires. Okay? All right. So let's look at this. And I've just got uh, some, some little demonstrations of, of what love is. Love is the condition of the heart based upon we just, what we just talked about that enables the actions of faith from the conviction of hope. Yeah. What, is, what is hope based upon? It, it, it's based upon a conviction that if I do this, this is going to be the result of it, right? But faith is what actually does it. It says, I do it and I have it now. Amen? But that's what, it's the condition of the heart that enables that. You can't just get a good sermon 
and end up having faith until your heart is transformed because it's with the heart that you believe. So the heart has to be affected by not just, not just uh, like a wonderful, oh, yeah, now I, because you can, you can say, all right, how many believe in God? Yeah, yeah, I believe in God, but do you love him? Because unless you love him, you do not believe in him. Okay, all right, let me, let me go. So whose love, and these are the questions I want to really draw out from this. So whose love is it, and for who is the love? Can we see that? All right, let's look at this. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus answered him, love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. Man, that's just a bunch of weirdos, isn't it? If you're actually doing that, I mean, you've just kind of gone off the deep end. You're not good for anything else in life. You're just stuck in this little fog of... <sighs> what, who, who's saying this? Jesus is saying this, isn't he? He said, this is the only thing that's really required of you for everything else that's going to be right in me. Kind of sounds like it's essential, doesn't it? And yet sometimes we can just wash under the rug our love for God. We just assume that we love God. And yet he's saying here that it has to occupy everything about you. That means it's going to take some intentional focus, is it not? And it's, it's like a prerequisite to anything else you think you're going to get or go to or ascend to or whatever else in a relationship with God, right? He says, this is the great and supreme commandment. He said, you know what? You love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And he said, everything else will be taken care of. So this came as a light bulb to me when I was sleeping the other night. It's like, duh. This is an answer. So many times we're trying to get steps to doing this and steps to doing this. And we're just kind of, God, leave me alone. I'm, I'm getting my steps going here, you know. Like, I'm trying to get my steps in for the day. You know, I, I got my <laughs> pedometer going on. <laughs> like, and God's saying, uh, all your steps are going to do nothing unless they're steps that are taken with me. Right. Amen? Amen? All right. So let's look. And the second is like it in importance. It doesn't say it's equal to it. It says it's like it. It's similar to it. And we'll see partly why that is, because you cannot love him without it becoming your nature. What you get when you love God is a transformation of your nature. But just because you're born again doesn't, you, you have a nature that's given to you of love, but it has to be activated. It, that's why faith and hope are necessary to go along with love, because you're going to have to activate love. 
by faith. Amen? So the second is like it. You must love your friend in the same way you love yourself. Okay, it didn't, it's like it, but it doesn't say like with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, I got to start loving my neighbor. No, it says like you love yourself. You take care of yourself. You care about yourself. But when it comes to your whole being, this is God alone. Does that make sense? All right. So I want us just to look at this phrase, love of God, and, and let's look at three different ways that we can we can draw from just that phrase. The English language, maybe in, in Hebrew or Greek or whatever it was, it might have, might have been more definitive because you go into the commentaries and you'll see what I'm talking about. I have assumed that when we say the love of God, we're assuming it's God's love. How many think that? We, we just assume, wow, God's love. It's deep, it's wide, it's high. It's, and, and it's all God's love. And it's, all, it's only God loving. And it's only, okay. Just hang with me. I'm, I'm not diminishing that at all. But that never changes. What I can affect is not God's love. What I can affect is my love. <laughs> so that's how we assume. A lot of times when we're saying, Who, whose love is it? Well, it's God's love. And I'm thankful for that. I, I'm thank, it's like the greatness of God. I'm, I'm grateful for that. But where does it get applied in my life? And this is, this is our love of God. So if we can look at this phrase today, and we're going to go through, through a, a few scriptures that, that demonstrate this. So many times when, we're, when we see in the scripture, it says the love of God, we assume that it's his love. And really, it's our love of him. So if we can look at some of these scriptures and see it more like this, it's, it's, it's what Jesus was saying. Us loving God. Man, this should be a given. This is just, should be just something that we just, but maybe it's my, just my confessional time in front of you all or something, but, but I, I need to grow in this. I need to grow. And, and, and well, let me get to it. All right. And then it's also a God kind of love. It's a nature of love. Can you see that when we say the love of God? So you can say it's his love, it's our love of him, and it's his kind of love. Can you see those three different ways of looking at that one phrase? Have, have you ever kind of done that on purpose or seen it or anything like that? Because it's, it's important for us to be able to actually activate faith and hope and, and these, these necessary things in our life requires love. Yeah. <laughs> and not just some, well, let me well, get ahead of myself. So, so the love of God, and I just want to look at it, it's, it's, and, and I want to uh, just refer to our love of him, okay? Because sometimes there, there's so much even while I'm talking right now, we, every person in this place has a different perspective of what I've already said based upon our, where we're sitting, what we've experienced. And it's like, God, help us to get the revelation of what it really is. Amen? Especially the love of God. If it's so necessary, if it's essential, help us to see it in a way. I do, I do not ever want to be 
and I've already studied this, but I'm going to share it right now, and I want to be changed by it right now in a way that I haven't yet. Amen? So what does it mean to actually love God? Me loving God, that second version of what we just saw. I just want to look at it this way and kind of make, make it somewhat simple here. It's acknowledging God's passion. Did you know he's really passionate? Not just movie passionate, you know, or, or what Jesus went through. I'm so thankful that he went through, but it was a passion for us. Amen? His passion, his protection, his provision, and his providence. So when you're looking at him, you are acknowledging, you know, it's, it's, one, it's one thing for me to... Uh, It's one thing, can I, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll attempt to successfully use my wife as an illustration this time. She doesn't like it when I do this, but I love her. And there's different phases of my love for her that all are required for me to successfully love her. And if you can, I love to look at her. I think she's a wonderful representation of God's creation, you know, it's like, Yay, me. I'm the one that got her, you know. <laughs> but I, I have yet to fully discover everything that my love can have for her. Because it's not just her appearance. It's her ability. Her ingenuity. Her spirituality, her love for God. You know what I mean? And I'm not gonna, and, and that's why I'm never done. It's because there's more to, there's, we just keep going deeper in that, don't we? And to love God, we're not done with, yeah, I love God. You know? What is it about him? Well, he, I've got, I've just got, you know, four things. They all had peas, so I thought I would make them, you know, kind of go together, you know, the four peas. But, uh, <laughs> but in each one of them, you can go deep into each one of them. His passion, that means he is emotionally connected with each one of us. Isn't that amazing that he could do that? And, and he does not discount us for anything. He sees us as his masterpieces. Amen? And he wants to care for us. He wants to protect us. He's put things in place that will preserve us and protect us and keep us from eternal damnation. Right? He's provided for all of our needs according to his riches and glory. That goes into all different areas. And, and just to acknowledge that just honors him big time. Just to take something that he said he has done for us, something about him, and you begin to magnify it? What is that? That's acknowledging it. It's, it's recognizing how great it is and not just saying, yeah, I've been knowing that all my life. No, being shocked by it. Amen? Being amazed by it. 
You know, I, I, I never get done being amazed by how God can paint the skies. <laughs> you know? And, and, you know, we were, we were, <laughs> we were sitting, uh, uh, eating at this restaurant that was overlooking the ocean, you know, and right when the sun's going down. And, and you can take, you can just keep taking pictures and each one of them is going to be different. Because it, 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 the, the painting of the sky just changes. And it's just amazing. His handiwork is just beyond comprehension. You know what I mean? And it just does him some good to acknowledge it. Amen? And then to acknowledge that in, in the greatness of his creative power, he's created us. And there's an opportunity to either ignore it and go watch my football game, which sometimes she might want so she can go do something else. But, but if we're going to grow in our relationship, I'm going to have to set something else aside and say, no, I want to go deeper. I, wanna, I just want to be with you. I'll, talk to me. And you know, I, I've told uh, Kim, I tell you this. All the time. I said, just talk some more. I just want to hear you talk. I just want to hear you talk. I'm weird. I'm I'm weird. I, I admit that, but 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 really, if he's all that great, if he's all that awesome, if he cares about, if he's passionate about us, he's protecting us. He has a plan for our life. Wouldn't it just kind of do some good to just acknowledge it? That's a big part of loving God. Not just saying, "Yeah, I love God." I'll put my hand up. Yeah, I love God. What's it look like? At least it looks like this. Don't you think? Don't you think that would represent loving God? Amen? Not in a small way. If he's, if he's really into it about us, he said, I'd like you just to be kind of into it about me, okay? And then <laughs> acknowledge these things and then act like it really matters. It makes a difference in your life. Amen? Can we accept that as kind of a simple definition of loving God? <laughs> it, it's not too technical. It doesn't have a lot of scriptures, right? But it's real. Let's look at, at, at Romans 8.38. Faith in Christ is ability to experience delivering power of loving God no matter what. And I like this passage for, this is the one I was actually thinking on when I first thought about this. Because we saw that the faith is dependent upon love, isn't it? And so look at that, that, that uh, acknowledgement in light of the scripture. It says, for I am persuaded, because I've read this in another way before, but it's, it, let's look, make this about me loving God in this. Can you do this with me? I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, please, please go here with me. This is not God's love for me. It's not his kind of love. It's my love of him. Because what, what our 
circumstances, what our, the threats against us want to do is to disable our love of God. Something we're going through. And Paul, look at the commentaries on here. It's, it's our love of God. These are threats against our love. Why? Because God's love for me never changes. But in order for his love to be something that I experience as victory in my life, I'm going to have to be the one loving. And nothing can separate me from that capacity that I've received in Christ. When I was made to be a new creation in Christ, Satan can come against me with everything. The principalities, the powers, the greatest things that would disable my ability to connect with a God of love have been removed. Nothing can separate me from my ability to love. And this is the greatest power that I have in my life. It's not to be able to know all the scriptures and everything else. The greatest power I've been given in Christ is to love God. To acknowledge what he's done for me and to act like it's true. That's the most powerful. You know, if because I was seeing about people are bound in, in things. And again, they're trying to overcome this. And, and I've seen, if you can just get in the face of God and begin to love him, begin to act like what he's done is real. This is the power of God made close to you. It's his love activated. Amen? And nothing can keep us from that. This is what the enemy wants to do. He said, because you've done something wrong, because you failed in this way or that way, because you're, you don't look like somebody else, you going to God and loving God doesn't mean anything. And what Paul is saying, there's nothing that's going to keep me from loving God. Because that's the most powerful thing in my life. Not what I know, not what I can do, not anything else. Who I can love. And God is the one I must love the most. Amen. Are you with me? Yeah. Ah, this is really good. <laughs> so I'm looking at, the, at just faith and hope because that's what we brought out of, the, of uh, 1 Corinthians 13, right? First of all, hope. What we look forward to is anchored by the Holy Spirit poured love through, uh, for God. By Holy Spirit poured love for God. So, let me just explain this. What the Holy Spirit does for us is it gives us a hope that, that comes with love. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. <clears throat> so, the ability to move forward with this is something that comes to us by the Holy Spirit. This is where I want to go with this. You know what? I, I'm, I'm talking about loving God this morning. And, and you can get, and this is what happens with religion. You get told you're supposed to do something. And then you get really, you can start feeling condemnation because you're not doing it. You can start to feel like a failure because you're not doing it. Right? This is not how God does stuff with us. He says, I provided my Holy Spirit that you no longer have to grow love. You don't have to produce it yourself. You just get in me and I pour out love that enables the hope to move forward with it. Amen? 
And the Holy Spirit does that. That's why I want to say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Because I can't even love God on my own. It's not something that I need, I, I, I'm instructed to do. It's a commandment, but it, it's, it's something I cannot fulfill without the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit to be poured out to make that possible. Amen? So now, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm receiving of the Holy Spirit, his fullness, I need to become, let it become a love experience of the Father. It's not just about me trying to conquer something in the spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost. It's me encountering the presence of God and loving God. Amen? That's what I saw in that scripture. It's like, wow, this is so powerful. This is what we have in the Holy Spirit is the ability to do the most powerful thing that we can do. Love God. Amen? And so we take that and now by faith, We can love God because of his spirit in us. Amen? So John 5, 39. Let's look at this. Coming to Jesus for life results in love finding residence inside. So Jesus, he's talking to the people that are educated. The ones that know all the scriptures. And this is what we have to be careful of. That it doesn't just become a formality or something that just somebody's able to do because they know more. Because what does that become? That becomes an excuse to not love God. Oh, I can't love God because I don't know enough. <laughs> that makes sense? I'm not as spiritual as somebody else. Yeah. No, he, he came to make this available to everybody. Amen? He, he says, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. He said, really what the scriptures are for are to testify about me, about coming to me. He says, but you are not willing to come to me that you might have life. And listen what this, this next one says. I do not receive honor from men, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. And why did he say that you don't have it? He says, because you don't come to me. So the ability to love God, this most critical thing that we have, right? We must love him. Jesus said, this is what we must do. Everything else is connected to it. Our ability to be overcomers, to have faith, to have hope is required. And not, not just loving anybody, loving God. It's the love of God. It is our most powerful thing. Amen? But how do we get it? We get it by going to Jesus. Going to his presence. Being filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? And relying upon it like we're desperate for it. Amen? So hearts are in need of love direction. So this is something that we cannot get on our own. Second Thessalonians 3, 5. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. Partly what I'm wanting to show here is this is something that we have not arrived on. We've become new creations. We've been given a nature of love. Amen? But loving God is going to be something that requires our will and direction. So this is what we're getting here even this morning. 
I, I'm praying, I've prayed this for you guys already this morning, right? That it not be something that we just think that we're going there in our minds because it's not just a mind thing. This is requiring direction of the Holy Spirit. Look at what it says. It says, direct your heart. You know, this is something that I, I was just impressed with. Um, you know, I heard, I heard somebody talking about the, the spirit realm and, and the things that have to do with our heart are on a level that we cannot wrap our minds around. Our minds think on such a minute level. They're, they're so, I mean, there's a deep part of our mind that is doing things really fast that's like beyond our ability to even know what's going on. Like, watch this. <laughs> my, my mind just did some amazing things that I didn't, I, you know, it's like, it's like, what in the world? It just went on there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> we, we, we are programmed in the depths of our mind. But, but, you know, I was looking at little Shiloh, you know, and He's still just trying to figure out which what happens when I do this, you know. It's like every time he's doing something, there's a program going on in his brain that he's learning something, right? And he's he's only three months old, you know. And it's amazing because he'll stand up, he'll stand up on his feet, you know. And, and um, but something else that's going on in him that is is not nearly as restricted to his ability to program it and learn it is his little heart. Because his heart has already been created. It's already right. It's already in need. It's already affected. It's already vulnerable. It's already touchable. Right? And it's already in a position that you can't control it with the mind. It needs to be led by the Spirit. We, we had a morning where we had devotions and we're singing the song we, we sang here this morning. Um, your goodness is, is running after me. You know, and, and we're singing and we're rejoicing. And you know, this is something that I've, I've benefited from when I was a child. My heart was given an atmosphere of being led into the love of God. And that's the biggest thing my parents did for me was not teach me stuff. I got scriptures. But what they showed me more than anything else, they led me into a passionate love of God <laughs> that has my heart. Amen? That's what he's talking about. May the Lord direct your heart, not just your mind. Direct your heart into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. Don't you like that? Because what love does, it takes timelines off of this. So this is something that we learned when we were, I did a whole series on this. And what, 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 what love does is it takes the timeline off of, of results that we like to put on things. And even in the love of God, and I want to encourage us in this, we want to put timelines on God. We want to say, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like our, our kids were this way. If they wanted something long enough, they felt like that was a reason to get it. <laughs> you, ever, you ever notice that? It's like, 
but I've been wanting this for six months. You know, it's like, oh, okay, I guess you deserve it since you've been wanting it that long. <laughs> but sometimes we can do that with God. We can put a timeline on it and God says, we can say, God, I've been believing you for this for five years. And, and for one thing, that's not faith. And, and for one thing, for a bigger thing, it's not love. Because love takes off timelines. Especially when it comes to God. And when you're led, when your heart is led into the love of God, you remove these little things that would keep you from loving God. We have a lot of little things yeah, but God, why'd you put me in this family? Yeah, but God, why, you know, it's like, why'd you let somebody do this to me? You know, you know those, those kinds of, is that just me talking? We have things, don't we? And it's like Paul was saying, these things need not separate us from loving God. Amen. So this is, this is why worship is so essential. We allow, and it's so important to allow our hearts to be led into the love of God. Not his love for us, into our love for him. Can you see that? Yeah. Okay. 1 John 2, 4. To love God is to follow Christ's walk. And so this is part of the necessity of this too. If the more I get to love my wife, the more I, I have to acknowledge her preferences and to adjust my life to go along with them as good as I can. <laughs> Sometimes I fall short, you know. <laughs> but she has wonderful ways of helping me along with the adjustments I need to make. <laughs> and the more I love her, the more I receive those things and not resist them. Man, this is way too good of an example. All right. <laughs> I know, she's got me now. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, isn't this interesting? It doesn't just say that he's, he tells the truth. It says, truly the love of God is perfected in him. The love, and please, my love of God is perfected in what I do. Not just what I say. Not just my ooey-gooey feeling in the time of a Chris Tomlin song or a whoever wrote that Your Goodness is Running After Me song or any other song that you like to worship and you feel ooey-gooey with, right? <laughs> but... When you come up against that thing that feels uncomfortable and you say, I have to make an adjustment, but I want this, but I want that. And God says, but this is what I say is best for you. It's just like me with my kid. You don't play in the freeway, no matter how good it looks. Because it's not good for you. You won't last very long. So many of the things that we want to do, God's love comes along and says that it's not good for you. And he's not going to make us. But the more we love him, the more it's like, 
Hunter was saying this this morning, the more we're going to let go of some things, the more we're going to shed some things and say, God, because that's part of love. If we're going to love God, we're going to have to follow Christ. (laughs) Amen? You can't walk with somebody that you don't agree with or your actions don't agree with, right? By this, we know that we are in him. What? How do we know that? Whoever keeps his word. Ah, so what God is saying has something to do with whether or not I'm loving him. But I just want to love him and let his great love come down and wash over everything that I do wrong and then we're all just good. And I get to be wrong and he gets to be right and uh, I get to go to heaven and everything's going to be okay. I'm so grateful for his love that does wash over a lot of stuff but what his love really wants to do is, is not just be about his love. What about our love? Because you don't love him. You don't know him without adjusting what you're doing. Amen? So it's, it's, it's a wonderful transformation of, of it's, it's not a condemnation. It's not what you're doing wrong. It's, it's an opportunity. How much my life is so much better the more I conform to the will. Of my wife, okay. <laughs> of my God, right? Amen? <laughs> Just trying to make it real, okay? He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. So we saw this. Now abides faith, hope, and love. Where it abides will be evident in where you're walking. Amen? So to love God means to not just acknowledge him, but to walk with him in what you find in him. Amen? Oh, let's let this be real. This is, God's going to say, I, I want to take you to a real relationship with me where it's not just about me loving you. How many of, <laughs> Paul talked about that in, in 2 Corinthians there. He says, I'm just loving you with everything that's in me and I'm just not feeling the love coming back my way. Have you ever had that going on? I mean, that can happen with your kids big time, right? It's like, they, they don't act like they could give a hoot whether you're even there or not, Right? And you say, but I love you. Everything I'm doing, you know, I told you not to do that. And, and don't get mad at me for that. But you know. And I think God's going through that with us. A lot of times he says, I love you, but what about your love for me? Because until your love for me is activated, my love for you can do nothing. My love for you is waiting for your love of me. <laughs> All right. Evidence of loving God is authentic deeds and conf- yeah, that comes with confidence. 1 John 3, 17 through 21. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother, <clears throat> sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? So he's, he's, he's taking this next part that says, once you get that nature of God, your love, if, if God's love is actually abiding in you, it's not going to be contained in you. It's going to come out. It's going to touch somebody else. So this, 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 it gets way away from the world's thing. Just love everybody. No, you love God first. And in loving God, you find the ability to love somebody the way they need to be loved. Because you know what? Everybody doesn't, 
Just acceptance is not love. Just saying you can be however you want to be. No, 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 no. Not if you really love somebody because however somebody is can be bad for them. And if it's bad for them, love doesn't say it's okay. It says, I love you the way you are. But if you're going to let me really love you, you're going to have to let me lead you to a better way. Right? Right? And that's what he's saying there. You're seeing somebody that's, that's living in a way that's, that, that needs help and you shut yourself up from that. That's not God's love. You're not really loving God if, you, if you're doing that. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. This is all about the heart, isn't it? So to love God... It's going to require a heart. It's going to require being led into the love of God by the Holy Spirit, right? It's going to require living there, abiding there. Not just saying, I put in my two hours today of of living in the love of God. Now I need to go live somewhere else and just kind of flesh out and feel good about myself. (laughs) It's not how it works, does it? It's it's about abiding there, doesn't it? Amen? Amen. Because what happens, this isn't just an action thing. It's a heart condition thing. And if you're going to have a heart that's going to be able to have confidence towards God, it's going to have everything to do with where it's living. Not just some deeds it did somewhere. You don't just go down and volunteer at Goodwill for three hours a week. You know, It's where you're living. And here's the wonderful thing about it, because some of us have problems with, with treating people the way they need to be treated, doing things for people that need to have them done, right? Oh, now, that's another love sermon. Oh, I've got to work on that. I, I heard that six months ago, and, I, and I've been trying, but I just can't, I can't. He said, no, love me. When you're abiding in my love, it will be the fruit that comes out. You don't have to try to bear fruit. When you're connected to the vine. Right. Right? You just abide. So you just love God with all your heart. It will change who you are. Oh, this is so comforting to me. Because I need to change in so many ways. Right? The change doesn't come through my efforts. That's religion. What I have faith in is who I am in Christ. And that makes me able. Right? For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. So, it, you, a lot of times we want to make this just about sin and about things like that. No, this is about actually acting in love. Right? That's what it referred to. He said, your confidence is going to come when your love becomes towards me. And then mine gets to go through you. All right. All right. I got just a little bit more. Are you hanging in here with me? First John 5, uh, 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him who begot, uh, who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. That means if we can love God, we have to love who he loves. Right? By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. 
For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So how does that faith activate it? It's in the confidence that we have. When we love him with everything that's within us. And now that evidence comes out towards somebody else. We don't like to associate that a lot of times. We just feel like if we can just get enough scriptures, if we can just stand on enough things, if we can just get revelation of what God said about something, then we can have faith. This is saying that we don't have faith unless we're loving God. And from the fruit of loving God, it comes out towards somebody else. That's where we get our confidence for faith. Not just in scriptures. Not in just what God said he's done. It's in love. Because that's where the reality of our relationship with him is evidenced in our life. <laughs> this is really powerful. So okay, I'm going to end here because this is where our security lies. All right. Jude 1.17. So security for loving God is praying in the spirit that is motivated by eternal life in his mercy. Okay. So if this is such, it's like anything that's valuable, what do people do? They put security around it, right? They protect it. So God has given us an ability to protect this love that we have of God. It's going to require security. It's going to require a ring that notifies whenever anybody's trying to come and steal, Right? Jude 1, 17. But you, beloved, remember the words which are spoken before the, uh, uh, by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the spirit. But you, beloved, doing what? Building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God in the love for God in the love going towards God amen how does it say to do that and who does it say is responsible for that oh if God really wants me to love him he's he's he better get to work he says it's, it's on us now, if somebody breaks into my house, whose, whose fault is it? It's partially my fault, especially if I'm home and I have a gun and I have a ring and I'm not doing anything with them. They're turned off. I, I don't keep up on the... If I'm not taking care of it, I, I can't blame anybody else but myself if I lose something, right? But he says, if this is so important for you, you're going to build yourselves up on your confidence towards God by praying in the Holy Ghost, allowing the Holy Ghost to lead you into the love of God. Amen? And what will that do? That will keep you in your ability to love God. Isn't that good? So when we're praying in the Holy Ghost, what are we doing? It's not just babbling. It's not just weirdness. 
It's the protection of our heart. That thing that our mind, that's why we can't try to control things in the spirit with our minds. Because our hearts can't be con contained by our minds. Amen. In fact, our minds will not get the revelation they need until our hearts are liberated in love. <laughs> Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. All right. This is good, amen? Why don't you stand up with me and let's just say a few things over this. I believe God's working in us today, amen? amen. And I challenge us this week, when you're going through something that seems like uh, a temptation. When you're going through something that you, you, it naturally overcomes you in, in your faith, in your confidence towards God, I challenge us to intentionally love God. And how do we do that? We acknowledge him. What he said, his passion, just go there. Just go there for just give it five minutes. Not, not his love for you, your love for him. Get passionate about God. And just find its ability to work a change in your life. Amen? Let's say these things together because we need to respond to this reality for us. Amen? Let's say this together. By receiving new life in Christ, I have received the most powerful nature of love for God. What we get in our new nature in Christ is not just stuff that's coming to us, stuff that we get to do back. Amen? As a new creation in Christ, I can love God. That's not a small thing. That's something I grow in. Amen? Let's say this again. By receiving new life in Christ, I have received the most powerful nature of love for God. Wow. <laughs> all right, let's say this. In the embrace of God with all my heart, soul, and strength, faith is activated to make all things possible. Wow. That sounds like something I might want to do. Amen? In the embrace of God, with all my heart, soul, and strength, faith is activated to make all things possible. All right, one more. Actually, not one more. I got a couple more, but let's do this next one. I overcome every stronghold, attack, and failure by running to my love of God and disabling any separation from him. What the enemy always wants to do is to separate us from our love of God. Not, he can't separate us from his love for us, but he will try to separate us from loving him because that's the most powerful thing we have is to love God. Amen? I overcome every stronghold, attack, and failure by running to my love of God and disabling any separation from him. Oh, let's do this. Amen. All right. I am kept safely in his love by living and walking in his spirit, communicating continually with him in the spirit. One more time. I am kept safely in his love 
by living and walking in his spirit, communicating continually with him in the spirit. If we're going to love him, it's going to be a spiritual thing. Amen? It's going to require help by the spirit. So we engage what we have in the spirit. Amen?